education and real-world knowledge about the voiceover industry. It's the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Welcome back to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. It's now time for part two of our great sit-down with Gestalt therapist, Anna Hindell. Enjoy. If you have to do it, do it. But if you don't have to do it, go pick another career. You know what I mean? Because life will be easier that way, most likely. But if your <laughs> love for it and that passion and drive is such is such that you feel this is what I want to do, then go for it. But keep in touch with what that what that feeling is, what that sense is. And I would say, you know, if it's comedy or if it's something about voiceover, like what a wonderful thing to showcase on social media. Like, oh, I just came up with this, you know, impression of this person or something original, you know, something to mm -hmm. celebrate or share. Right. I think that's the point you're making, Alyssa, right, is to create yeah. something. Use it, use it actively, use it, it, it is this platform where, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people that could, wouldn't ever see you, wouldn't ever see or hear your work could. And, you know, but it takes effort and it takes motivation and it takes <laughs> that piece of like, oh no, someone didn't hand me the script and I booked a job and now I just show up and then I can just post you have to be a creator. You have mm -hmm. to have that drive to 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 create. So it's it again. It, it is a catch twenty two. But um, it's like, how can you shift that passive feeling of the world is happening to me? And then if if you're in that state as an artist or an actor, you know, um, I, I consider myself an artist just because I have albums and I'm a songwriter and I'm an actor. So like. If I were to just use it passively and just look at what's happening to the people that are in the top 1% of their career, um, I would really feel worthless. But the truth is I have created two albums and I have done this and that and the other thing. And I show up and I've done, you know, independent projects and so on and so forth. So if I use it actively, then I have a better lens for myself mm -hmm. and then keeping all of those achievements and accomplishments in your back pocket and remembering them That's for important. those times when you see or you know when you when the critic comes up or when you get the rejection and thinking about okay what do I have to offer here or what do I want to share? You know, it's such a different framework. Um, you know, I, I think as a therapist, the pe people that are using social media effectively are really showing up and making bite-sized pieces of suggestions or help or tips that, you know, the layperson can take away with. So that would be interesting for actors, like some kind of share. Mm -hmm. And... I would say, like, try to make it fun, you, you know, which is probably the furthest thing away from, you know, <laughs> the idea of approaching social media. But if you can kind of go back inward and go back inward again, and what do I have to offer and what am I doing and what do I like to share with people? Because it is such an outward expression 
of yourself to do voiceover work or to do acting. I guess it's internal and external, right? So, I mean, in some ways it could be like, I have this big playground and how do I want to share? But then being, um, I guess, somewhat defensive on what you want to consume and noticing how you consume social media and then noticing even what you feel and think about when you think about social media, because that's going to give you a clue to whether you should even open up Instagram or not, you know, if you're right. already like, oh God, I don't want to face. Well, I've got, being... I think I got a, a great idea from you guys today. I think we should make a list of our accomplishments that we are the most proud of and have it handy, have it accessible. So when the days that you're feeling not so great, read through that list. And I'm actually mm-hmm. going to do that. I do. I have people put post-its up in their bathroom or on their fridge of like, I had this accomplishment. And, you know, it's almost like I say people, you know, amnesia themselves, Mm -hmm. they forget. And then they go back to that bottom of the barrel place. And that is a skill I really work on with actors, because it's very hard to stay with the I don't know, of why you didn't get the part. Right, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The mind doesn't Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. We look to fill in the spots, but therein lies the story. And it's harder to stay with the feeling of perhaps disappointment, anxiety. Oh, how am I going to pay the bills? I didn't get another job. Um, It must be because, and then we have our laundry list. But to stay with the, you know, I didn't get it. I feel sad. I feel disappointed. And I I don't know, is Mm -hmm. a a healthier place because it's more true. Mm -hmm. It's just more true. And you're not because you're not going to find out why majority of the time you never find find out out. why there's like 1% less than 1% that you're ever going to get feedback. But it's also just, you don't know why. And then why go to the stories? Mm-hmm. And it's also like uh, something I bring up with my actors too is depersonalize it just because as you know, I've been somebody who took my artistic career and then went behind the scenes and produced and wrote and cast it. And like the truth is, it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, most of the time, most right? of the time, it actually has nothing to do with the actor themselves. It has to do with uh, with us. We're usually dealing with corporations a lot as voiceover actors. And it has to do with some note from corporate that came over that switched gears that there's a series of 10 things that happen between your audition and their casting pick. Mm -hmm. And like so like so most of the time, it's like not anything personally attached to the actor themselves. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's outside circumstances. That's a great so thing like to keep in mind. Yeah. Finding the tool to to not have attachment to exactly, to exactly. It. right right the love That's for the work and the non attachment to the outcome. This oh, is just hard. you know this is yoga practice. <laughs> it's the same. It's you know putting in your all, being present, but not being attached to 
the improve, you know, improving upon the poses or getting to the next pose. And this is, you know, a constant working with your mind See, yeah, to be, and it's, to you be know, where you're at. Yeah. And it's hard when you've developed a career and now financially you're dependent on the wins for those, for, you know, for actors that are in that category. Um, but you still have to find a way to, to, to be unattached and, and not, not, not make it define you. Mm -hmm. Are you how I'm curious how both of you have endured and have lasted <laughs> in this field? Oh boy. <laughs> Lots of drinking. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, for me, I, I I do the mental reminder of why I got into the business in the first place. Um, and also make sure that in here, I still feel the same love and passion as I did when I started, when I get behind a microphone, and I get that excitement of booking that job. And, but I know for me, it is about approval. You know, I was raised... God, if you do the right thing, you're going to get approval. You're going to get love. Hell, the just just all right, the childhood mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I know where my motivation lies, but you know the days that I mean, thirty years of doing this, it's just the constant reminders. I mean, I've almost quit the business twice. Mm -hmm. You know, I've gotten to points where I wasn't booking jobs for like six months, and then that shifted my attitude. And I went in for an audition, and I walked in, and they said, "Oh, you're number 50. and I was like. Okay, I don't care. I don't care. And all of a sudden, I wind up booking the campaign. This is after six months, and I had said to my husband at the time the night before, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm not good enough. I'm obviously not going to get anything. And, you know, here we go. And that campaign lasted almost two years. So I think it was me letting go, fully letting go, and releasing mm -hmm. that attachment um, and just saying, okay, I'm just going to have to go do something else with my life. And that's okay, though. That's okay. Mm. You know, do you do you think you showed up differently? Or you uh, auditioned differently with that non attachment? Yeah, I felt a great amount of intimidation when I first started in this business in front of casting directors and agents, um, not really realizing what the playing field is. I was always like, oh, I'm so glad I got an agent, you know, it was just this little young thing in New York. Um, so I would be very intimidated. And that day, though, I just said, I don't care. I'm good. I'm here. They like me. They don't like me. There's nothing I can do about it. And I was prepared to just go ahead and quit the business. So that mm -hmm. must have been what did it. I don't know. I don't know. Or I was the last person they took and they didn't find anybody else. I don't know. It's you know, so interesting. There's no logic. There's kind of a letting go. And there's yeah. probably a way in which you showed up differently, maybe a little bit more free, maybe a little more even, maybe they felt the openness that you had. I guess. I don't know. But yeah, you know, who knows? Especially when you're auditioning for stuff that's going to be, you know, lucrative, or it's a big job um, to release it. And like, maybe you get down to like the top two or something. Mm -hmm. That is a difficult thing to do, you know, to say, I don't care. So I started to think from the aspect of, you know what? I'm grateful that I even got to this point. I'm grateful that they considered me good enough mm -hmm. to be at this level. So I've kind of reduced to help me deal. That's what I have done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As opposed to just making like the whole prize is winning the job. 
to yeah. me, that's not the oh, whole price. That's great. And I think uh, that that's a great point of like diversifying. I mean, I think that that's just such another characteristic of actors and the hustle. It's like, okay, I'm going to the auditions and then I'm doing childcare in the evenings and then I'm, you know, bartending on Saturday nights and then I'm doing my study groups and mm-hmm. having a bunch of different things, but then also you know, hopefully there's enough financial padding that you can appreciate the process. Right. And (laughs) Linda, maybe maybe because you had been in the field already for a while or, you know, certain things were supporting you. Um, Financially, I was being supported at that point. Yeah. So So we all need a certain amount of support to live. And once that's in place... And, you know, we kind of get the right state of mind to show up for these auditions. I think paying attention to the process and starting to find some fun in it. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that that's in the goal category, but to start those breadcrumbs of like, oh, it's not just about the win or lose the job or not. It's like, how do you show up? Mm-hmm. How, what's it like to wait online and maybe chat with the other actors there and feel like you're part of the group? And do you like this whole process? Because this, there's a whole world it's mm-hmm. in, in getting the job. And that's something that you have to really dig deep to go to. I like this. Is this good for me? Can I do this? Now, Alyssa, like- I mean, you've been in this business as long as I have. So yeah. how, how have you managed it? You know, for, for me, I like, you know, my, I was that kid, you know, I didn't even go to real schools. I only went to conservatory schools and and all of that. So like you, Linda, I was set up that I was just going to graduate college and I had all the awards and all the things, and I was just going to go get the lead and everything, (laughs) you know, that was, that was what I thought. And I very, really, as I was explaining before, I, I quickly realized that if I continued in this mindset, I was actually not going to be okay. I would be like one of those stories that you read because the disappointment was so great. And I realized that I'm so grateful that I had the support to know that so early on in my career so that my focus could become creating the feeling that I wanted. And that's why so young I, was, I decided to become self-employed and start to create this life that had this freedom. So not only could I be making whatever financially I I needed to support my life, but then I had this space and freedom to just create to create. Hmm. I'm creating to create. You know, I've gotten involved in many independent films. I've been like, I just need to create versus it be about me being validated for being something fantastic. Interesting. I just needed that to be gone because the compulsion to be an artist and and be me was much greater. Mm. Um, So it was like I needed to almost take myself off the audition lines, off the rejection line, so that I actually could come to what my why 
the why for me is because I really, really enjoy humanity and I love exploring the facets of humanity through storytelling, music, film, however I can. It's, it's the greatest thing to me. Mm. So like I had to clear up stuff before I could become and still be doing this today. If I would have been functioning as who I was in my teens and 20s, I really wouldn't have made it. Meaning like really wouldn't have made it. Probably would have checked out a life altogether because the stakes were just so high. Wow. wow. So it was and like I first had to, to, to get to the right balance. Hmm. Um, you know? That's interesting. That, that's just been my journey because I would have just like the actors that come to you Anna, how I look, how I feel, you know, for me, it was like, well, if I want to go out for all of these ingenue film roles, I have to have long hair, but wait, I don't feel like a person with long, like <laughs> all of those things, That's you know, beautiful. And I love listening to you because it is, it's getting back in touch with that core thing of why you came to this field and getting in touch with that, oh, I need to create and I need to create in this really particular way or like that's the way at this moment and let it transform <laughs> into something else in the future. Um, and it sounds like you did a lot of the different work around setting up your life so you could do that which doesn't sound it, it, easy, but sounds really, really worthwhile. You know, it, it, I, I, I do believe that. And it, it wasn't easy, but it was really worthwhile to come to a truth of yourself at every checkpoint. You know, like we were talking before marketing, when I would create my albums, I would be in this process for years and it was the most unbelievable experience. And then we'd get to the point where I had a finished product ready to go. It's for consumption, radio, all of it. And that's where I would check out every time <laughs> until I realized that, okay, I love to be where it's pure creation. I love to be in that moment. And now when we start to have to apply templates to it, and we have to start talking about numbers and all of these things, I check out and I, and I kind of dissociate from my own work. So wait, how do I solve this? Let me hire somebody that does marketing. <laughs> right. Let me have someone else represent my project from here. Yeah. And like for voiceover actors, like if you get stuck at your demo, if you get stuck at your website, if then that shuts you down from all the work you've been doing as a thing, go on Fiverr. Mm. Somebody loves to do it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's, so that's one of the main things I work with with people is sort of finding what are your needs and where do you need that support? They're often connected. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, and sometimes it shows up in big feelings like anxiety or depression or some kind of compulsion. And what's really happening is it's like, oh, I'm having this chronic anxiety that is now taking over and if we tease that away the chronic anxiety around auditioning is really like 
okay, I'm just not feeling prepared enough or I'm too attached to uh, achieving the job mm-hmm. and I'm not paying attention to the actual demo that I'm doing. So it's like if that childhood reason of why you went in to acting to be accepted, if that sort of thing that we might not be as aware of and might not be as friendly with is the driving force and that takes over, that's really ingredients for burnout, right? Because then it just becomes up and down. I didn't get it. Oh, I got it, but it's not enough. And I still need more love and I'm still not good enough. So it's like how to really start to accept who we are, where we are, our gifts, particularly with actors, our quirks, which make us who we are and stand out and so special. Um, There's so much. There's so many mm -hmm. like topics, nuggets of uh, information. How could folks reach out to you, Anna? Sure. So I have a website, AnnaHindell.com. I'm also on social media, Anna Hindell <laughs> Psychotherapy on Instagram, Anna Hindell on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm in Manhattan. My office is on 31st and 5th. I see people virtually and in person. Great. Right. Yeah. The majority of our audience, I think, is uh, virtual. So yeah. you offer sessions. Uh, I to sure help. do virtually. Yep. That's great. That's great. This has been wonderful. This is exactly what um, I was hoping. Yeah. This yeah. has been really fun. <laughs> and I just love stepping into the world of actors and voiceovers. Uh, and yeah. So one final note, you had mentioned that we have create an anchor point within us. Can you just briefly tell me about that you know I think of that in a very literal sense I mean it can be it's it's kind of taking that pause taking some breaths and feeling the weight of your body that can be um kind of like a I think of it like a, a little scan a washing over to just check in with what what's happening for me in the present And the beauty is that the present is always there. It's free. It's just a (laughs) check-in and it can kind of sharpen our minds into what's happening right now. And, you know, sometimes, so there's that. And then another anchor can be, oh, let me get back to that reason of why I'm doing this. Ah, okay. So that when those thoughts come in, I can remember I have something really fabulous to offer or, you know, whatever the story may be. Fantastic. Well, thank yeah. you so Make much, your... Anna, for joining us. You're so thank welcome. You. This has been a treat. List, listeners. I'm sorry, I'm saying make that achievement list, listeners. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely taken away a lot from here, and I'm going to be putting some of those elements in practice, too. But it was an absolute pleasure. We're going to put all your information in the show notes as well. But thank you for joining us. That wraps up another episode of the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. Any questions, you can always reach out to us at info at voiceover.guru. And thanks for joining us today. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru.